Okay, welcome, welcome back to the Dear Abby podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, I'm having some audio technical difficulties, so up front, I just want to say I'm sorry. I did buy a new um, microphone, which should be on its way. And so next week, my sound should be way better. And thank you for listening, even though, you know, I'm struggling financially, to be frank. Not struggling, but I'm definitely living paycheck. (laughs) I'm definitely living paycheck to paycheck. And I don't have a lot of extra money, shall I say, to invest. So... It's like one of these things where it's like every three months I can spend money on something. And it just hasn't been one of those months until last week and I was able to buy it. Um, A lot of babysitting had to be done. And, you know, that's not a problem because I love babysitting. But, yeah, I'm just in a weird time in my life where I don't really have anything super secure so I'm kind of just putting the work in and hoping putting the work in and hoping that something's gonna work out and I will eventually be able to make more money anyways enough about my financial situation I'm having a crisis not a crisis but okay let's just Let's just jump right into it. I don't know if you can tell. Usually Rudy's in the background of my videos. And today he is not. And why is that? Because for months and months I've been thinking about rehoming him. And the deed has been done. And literally just today... I did not want to take him to the pound. I understand that that's some people, you know, that's like their only choice. However, there's lots of great websites where you can, you know, wait a little bit until you find someone that really is going to pay to take care of your dog and all of these things. And I found them on this app, this website app, and I had his profile up for a long time. There's a couple people that reached out, but I really just... Felt, I felt good about one couple specifically that reached out. They just loved their last dog and their last dog passed away. And so to no fault of their own. And um, I made sure I asked a lot of questions. And anyways, we met up a couple times. I met with them. They met Rudy, all that stuff. And they were like in love with him like they met him one time and the first time they met him they were obsessed with him they thought he was so cute so friendly so fun I was like yeah he's not very hard to love honestly he's just the cutest sweetest little puppy he's not a puppy he's three but he'll always be a puppy to me um anyways they fell in love with him and so I procrastinated a long time of giving him up to them but today was a day and I'm all over the place I don't I I realize like the more I podcast the more I'll feel like I need to tell everyone everything 
But I'm not going to go into crazy detail as to why I was, you know, have been wanting to rehome him. But the main reason is for my mental health journey and for my emotional well-being, emotional well-being. And it's just he's a lot to take care of. He's his breed is like the second most energetic breed there is to have. And taking care of him alone was just a lot. I handled it great. I tired him out every single day. But it just took hours a day. And it's a lot easier to do with two people than with one person for that type of a dog. I don't have a backyard that's big. I don't have like a lot of space that's my own. I don't have a house. I don't have a lot of room for him to run around. And he's not really supposed to be in a room you know, a lot of the day, which he was. And yeah, it's just hard when, you know, you buy a dog with someone else and expecting it to be like a partnership, you know, and it was. So he got plenty of stimulation, plenty of affection, but alone, it just was, every day was exhausting and I couldn't, I'm just not in a place of my life right now where I feel at peace with the dog and but I love that dog more than anything like he is just a little angel that was with me through the worst time of my life and I owe him literally my life and I've been honoring him all day which sounds really cheesy but he's just in my heart and he will never leave it um he did a service to me for years especially this past year like he was so protective over me after my ex-husband left and so sweet and like way more affectionate and I feel like he knew that I needed it and I feel like he was God's way of just making sure that I'm never alone so he will be missed I've cried a lot lately over him and I probably will continue to grieve <laughs> for the next couple of weeks um yeah just a lot of crying today I was kind of in shock after the exchange and I looked up online the best way to exchange like a dog that you're adopting or that someone's adopting from you like the best way like you're not supposed to they're not supposed to see you leave it's supposed to be a very smooth transition. You're not supposed to say, okay, bye. Like, make it a big thing. You're just supposed to act very nonchalant. Like, don't see him. Don't let him see you leave. And so I tried the best. We both tried the best that we could to make it smooth. He has things that are familiar to him that don't have necessarily my smell. Just his bed, blankets he uses, toys, you know, the same food, the same bowls. And, um... So hopefully he's not too anxious, which he might be for a little bit, but he was structured and trained and happy and loved. And now he's with a couple that is going to train him. Their structure, he's going to be loved. So I guess they say if that's a transition that's happening, it's not as bad for the dog, but it can be, it can be hard for the dog, but Rudy is not an anxious, he's the least anxious dog I've ever met in my entire life, I'm not kidding, 
one time he ran away and um I think when I was living at my parents house someone left the gate open and he ran away and this girl sent like I think Chelsea a message and was like hey is this your sister's dog and he literally would just look like he was like okay cool you're my new owner just didn't even care for me at all he just was like cool like he just looked so happy wasn't anxious was like are we going to the park or what so I could probably do a full episode on just how much I love that dog and everything he did I'm not gonna do the whole episode about that but the power that a dog has by simply just being a dog like they don't know what they do for us they, they don't even mean to do the things that they do for us but they do it just because of who they are what they are and who created them. Some of my favorite memories of Rudy are the following. One, when he was a puppy and he got all in the dirt and mud and he looked disgusting, but that was the cutest I've ever seen him. Um, one time I came home and he had stuck, he had found the bag of food, his like big box like of food, and he had stuck his head in the opening. He could breathe, thankfully. He had stuck his head in the opening of the box, and when I came home, he had the box stuck on his head, and it's a big box, and he just was wagging his tail when I walked in. He was stuck in the corner, and he was kind of unfazed, honestly, but just kind of chilling there. Um, when he swam for the first time, for some reason when he was a puppy, he just didn't want to swim, and I had to slowly get him more and more comfortable with the water until eventually... Now he loves swimming, like he loves playing fetch in the water, I'll toss the ball super far, he'll just swim out, come back. I remember the first time he swam was at a park and I literally started crying because I was so proud of him and so happy that he now enjoyed the water when he used to be so scared of the water. That was a proud, that was a proud moment. What I'm most grateful for about him is he got me out of bed when I didn't want to get out of bed and he was there for me when no one else I mean other people were but he's a dog so I had to take care of him so he was literally always with me he was always excited to see me he always made me feel important like I was his whole world and he was mine so that sucks I'm gonna miss that um, he was so curious and excited about everything, which sometimes kind of pissed me off because it was like kind of annoying, but secretly I loved it, but it was like also, okay, annoying. Like you've smelled that a thousand times and why are you getting so excited to smell it again? And when I moved out to, after, after my divorce, when I moved to California, it was just me and Rudy and we didn't have a bed in my studio apartment that we just moved into which was way above my budget that studio apartment was way above my budget and I didn't couldn't like buy a bed yet or anything so we just slept on the ground with like a th kind of a thick blanket and like a tiny little t like a foam pad thing it was tiny and guess who got the foam pad not me I gave it to Rudy I gave the stupid little poopy head dog the foam pad while I slept on a blanket on the ground on a hardwood floor and he slept great for those two weeks and I think I still have back problems from those two weeks 
I could go on and on and on, but basically, I don't have Rudy anymore. I'm heartbroken. I'll have to move on. So if it's low energy today, I apologize, but I'm grieving. Man, we just went through a lot together, me and that dog. It's also this weird thing where he was kind of my last tie to my ex-husband and like my prior life before my life got flipped upside down. So it's just really interesting because I feel like that was one of the many different reasons why I, I was wanting to rehome him was because he was just, he just reminded me of my life before and of my ex-husband a lot, which was just really kind of painful, I guess. And I realized that I, that's just not going to go away for me for years, probably, if I had kept him. It just was like a mix of a bunch of different things. And I found a couple that I think will take really good care of him, way better care than I did. So it just worked out. But yeah, I don't know. It just feels, it just feels like an end of a chapter, but the beginning of a new one, but I'm just going to miss him a lot. And he did a service for me, so it's time for his next service to do for someone else. So I hope he, so yeah, they'll send me pictures and they keep me updated they're super nice about it. They're like, have asked me questions like already, like asking about, I don't know, his schedule, like what's normal, what's not normal, stuff like that. So they're in communication with me, which makes me feel better. I was like, please send me pictures, videos of him just like happy running around, you know, so I feel like I can make sure he's happy and okay just for the first couple months and then I'll be fine. Um, I was just gonna, I was gonna talk about this next week, but I feel like I can literally can't barely focus on anything else because that's just been all day for me. Yeah, I've just prayed a lot to have a peaceful day with it, and thankfully I did. I feel like OCD definitely tried to get in the way of things, but it's weird because whenever there's something really big, I feel like I have more motivation to ignore OCD and just point it out for what it is that it's just trying to get me out of my body and my feelings and into my head, my mind to think. And I didn't want to do that for this. So it's so crazy because I've, I've realized that when there's big, big things happening in my life, it's actually easier for me to ignore OCD. It flares up, but I can ignore it more in a weird way. I'm more motivated to, I think, or something. I feel like my OCD recovery has actually taken a different, like a bigger step today because of the amount that I've been able to just recognize it for what it is and that I'll never figure out anything that I want to figure out and I'll never know 100% and I'll never feel, you know, right in my head. But anytime I've, I've realized that anytime that my, that I start to, to think <laughs> like just overthink anytime okay anytime I feel something and then I start analyzing it that analysis is what I try not to do now because I realize that I have to ask myself why are you thinking about this are you trying to come up with a healthy reasonable solution and can you with this 
question or circumstance or are you trying to feel like you want everything to click into place or do you want to feel like this is going to be the aha thing that now all of a sudden everything is fine and everything makes sense and this is why you know x y and z i don't know so that's rudy's last service to me was to help me with my ocd (laughs) oh i don't even think i have any more tears to shed i've cried a lot today i'm also recording this really late at night and i have my headphones on and i never really had my headphones on when i i never like to have my headphones on when i'm recording but I don't know, I just feel they feel comforting right now. I feel like it's just peaceful to put them on. Well, enough of that. Enough of me being a little whiny baby about my dog. That's the biggest life update. If you guys have questions for me or something, I don't know why you would, but if you do, you can Instagram message me, you can leave a comment on YouTube, whatever. Um, I'll try to answer questions about it, but yeah. So something, so on the mental health part of the podcast, the meat of the podcast, um, again, I was going to talk about pick me girls this week, but I think I'm just going to move that to next week. I don't have the umph that I wanted to have for that episode. I'm just kind of drained, I guess, emotionally. So I'm going to keep it nice and chilled today. I mean, not that I'm not going to be chilled next week, but I just feel like I need to have a fiery, I need to have a fire in me for that one. (laughs) This could totally be, this might be the weirdest subject and not helpful for anyone, but a problem I have lately is, um, just perfectionism when it comes to all the videos and things that I consume on a daily basis. They, it definitely was compulsive because I would just watch a lot of videos like self-help videos podcasts like over and over again and different ones and I got a little bit obsessive over having OCD and anxiety and how to fix it blah blah I would consume so much content about mental health to the point where that's kind of all I was ever consuming and it just confused me on my recovery because I was trying to get into my head all over again. So I was not trying to feel my feelings. I was trying to analyze them or dissect them or intellectualize, whatever. And I think the fact that there's so many people stating their opinions on social media is great, I guess. But at the same time, for people who suffer with OCD or they're just anxious, um, whatever it is, whatever you're anxious about, it's so not helpful to be reading a million different opinions and a million different things online. If you are anxious, stop reading the posts that say six things you should avoid about, I don't know, two red flags, three reasons why your relationship is wrong. Did I talk about this last week? I don't remember. But anyways, just the whole perfectionism thing. Stop reading those posts because all that is doing is reinstilling this, this whole, like you're, you can figure everything out and everything's going to be safe because now we have so much information. Therefore, now I can become this perfectly aware, perfect being that, that I understand everything and I'm never going to get hurt again because 
I, I can see all the red flags. I, I know everything and everything's fine. That's how it is for me sometimes. I feel like I've definitely recognized it. And, and the fact that I would read too many of those things on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And I would compare my relationship to them. I'd be like, well, does my partner do that? Do I do that? Um, is this how I feel? Is this how we feel together? Like, um, if you're going to look for faults in your relationship, you're going to find them. If you're going to look for good things in your relationship, you're probably going to find them. So I've realized just whatever narrative you have, that's, that's what you'll find evidence for. But if you are an anxious person or especially if you have obsessive compulsive disorder, don't read those. Like no matter what, just don't read those. If, if you're interested about mental health, if you're interested about, I don't know, relationships or whatever, then maybe see a therapist or maybe just read one thing a day. And with that one thing, just take it with a grain of salt. Don't make it like your whole everything was writing on this one thing. You have to know if your partner is A, B, or C or if you are A, B, or C because you do whatever the post is saying. It's something that I just think that those types of posts and the fact that we have so much information um, at our fingertips just really drives home the whole perfectionism thing because we have so much information. We feel like we need to have everything figured out and we need to learn everything immediately. And I just don't think that life is meant to... I don't think we can understand everything by just reading posts. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't think that we can. We can think we understand, but until you go through specific things or, you know, see things in real life or experience stuff, you can never really understand. The consumption is just not healthy, and it actually doesn't really change anything in us. So Keaton was just calling me out for this. He's like, well, don't fall into the trap of you consume so much about, you know, self-help and stuff, but there's not really a lot of change because you're just consuming it. And so your brain is like, oh, okay, we're doing it, but you actually, nothing actually gets done and nothing changes. So he's like, just, you know, one tiny thing at a time and focus on that for a long time and then move on to the next thing. Like we, there's no rush. The more that we're in a rush to get to a certain place, like that's just so miserable. We're like trying to be too aware of everything. And I think awareness is good, but there's like a hyper awareness, I think, when it comes to perfectionism, that's just not, it's not getting us where we want to be, which is ironically being. When I say, like, if I, if someone, one way to tell if you are a perfectionist or not, okay, I don't know, I'm not a therapist, so I don't actually know, or someone that is striving for something like perfection when you say when you hear someone say like progress or growth or you know a growth mindset do you feel stressed or do you feel excited and relaxed if you feel stressed about growth or progress it probably is because you have an expectation of like this end thing to get to and that's probably what's making you feel stressed because it's unattainable. But when we take expectations of where, you know, what's going to lead us and stuff like that, then we're able to just enjoy the learning process. 
also if you think of like growth or progress or whatever, if that voice pops up, that's like, eh, it doesn't matter. Again, that probably ties to an expectation that you need to be something specific or get to a certain destination. I just think it still has to do with like a perfectionism mindset and I could totally be wrong. I'm not a therapist again, but I think at least for me, when I felt like that voice would pop up of like, it doesn't matter. It's because I felt like I wasn't enough how I am. And, you know, there's like all these things that you are enough. You're not enough. Look, we're all trying to say the same thing, I think. The way I would say it is, you are enough for what you need right now. And to trust God, the universe, whatever, that you'll be guided. And it's really not about a destination. It's really just about, like, surrendering and acceptance. Like, unconditional self-life, other acceptance. That's a big thing on OCD. That's a big thing for me with my OCD recovery. That's really been helpful. Anyways, so I guess my advice is to try to, when you notice more of a pessimistic voice that comes up, that's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, what is that going to do? You know, that's not going to do anything if we change that. Oh, yeah, you've tried that before. It doesn't work. You know, stuff like that. I think just bringing awareness to the fact, I think just bringing awareness to that voice and recognizing, okay, that's probably stemming from a belief that's irrational, like I have to be perfect or I'm not enough now or, you know, I hate myself, stuff like that, shame. Then we can practice self-love and compassion, like unconditional compassion for yourself. I feel excited because I feel like I have taken a big leap in my recovery and I want to talk about it for like another hour and just dive into that. But I have it written down. We'll talk about it another day. Um, But I feel actually really good. And I've also, I still have just almost just as many OCD thoughts, but like I don't have um, as many compulsive behaviors and I feel like I don't ruminate um I mean I ruminate automatically but I don't choose when I have a choice I don't ruminate and I feel like I'm taking my power back from OCD and I've just I just know its voice really well and just anytime it's wanting me to get certainty or know 100% or like okay but what if it's like I know what that is and I don't I don't have I don't have to try to figure it out. Like I just choose not to. <clears throat> Which has been really empowering. With that, I guess we'll dive into Dear Abby. Again, I'm sorry if my energy's low. I just feel sad. I'm just sad today. I feel sad. It's also kind of late. I I recorded this a little bit late. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. We're listening to Dear Abby. I listened to like 20 seconds of this and then I didn't listen to it anymore, but here we go. Dear Abby, this is going to be a long one. I've been with this guy for about three years. Our third year anniversary was 
actually just on Valentine's Day this past week. Um, I've been thinking about telling him I want to live separately after our lease ends this July. For some context, we've lived together for about all these three years. Um, so when COVID hit um, a couple months after we started dating, um, sorry, COVID hit a couple of months after we started dating. So um, he kind of just moved in because there was nothing better to do and just kind of stayed like that and never left. Um, but it was like a mutual decision. But yeah, so we kind of lived together really early on. And the reason I'm thinking about living separately is because I feel like his mom and I feel like his roommate often. So like daily chores and like upkeep, like taking out the trash, doing the dishes, like little things are just never done without me asking. Um, and of course I'll do them on my own accord, but they're not my dishes, etc. Um, I just ask him politely, but I've gotten tired of asking because I'm not your mom <laughs> and, you know, we co-live in this place together. So I just feel like I shouldn't have to, um, and I don't want him to resent me because I have to ask for them to get done uh, also. But we have talked about this before, and, you know, I was telling him I don't want to have to ask you because you're just going to grow resentment because that's what happens, you know, when someone keeps asking you again and again, um, just like with your mom. <laughs> um, but nothing's really changed. Anyways, I talked to a friend, and she thinks I may be just prolonging the inevitable of breaking up with him by separating. Um, so she thinks, like, us living separately will just be like, you know, end in us being like, okay, yeah, we actually don't want to be together. But um, I don't know for sure. Um, but I've, I've seen people living apart help relationships, so I honestly am stumped. I don't know. But if I do decide to break up with him, how do I do that if we live together? Um, all the things in the apartment are mine, but his name is the only one on the lease. But, yeah, it's just a sticky situation, so any advice would be welcomed. And thank you. Bye. Okay, well, that was a, that was a lot to dissect. Um, let me gather my thoughts together. Okay, I would say, first off, okay, oh my gosh, I have so many different things. Okay, I, a lot of people write into podcasts and, okay, 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 this, okay, okay, everyone shut up. This is what I was going to say. I don't think there's anything horrible with like what your friend was saying or you know maybe you are delaying the inevitable and you actually you know feel like you want to end the relationship with this man boy and that's not horrible sometimes you have to kind of figure that out and sometimes you have to move away to kind of know if it's gonna work or not um okay okay let's go back to the first thing so first thing was the dishes and chores. That's so tough because you guys aren't engaged. I don't think you didn't say you're married or engaged. 
So you're just dating. So it is important to kind of suss out if you want to be with someone who is already showing that they don't do chores. I don't want to say like he's lazy and like a pig and whatever because I don't know what his like work schedule is or anything like that. But I do think no matter what, it's important that you have a partner who's going to feel like a partner, not a, not a son to you, not someone who you're going to have to like force to do things and take care of. I think it is important to kind of take a couple weeks and just kind of figure out what you want to do. And if you want to be with someone like that, if you've asked him multiple times, like politely, then maybe, you know, that's all you could have done. So you have to either accept the fact that he's just not good with chores and maybe one day he'll change, which I don't, there's no guarantees. You can never, you know, have that as an expectation on him. Or I think before you end things, unless you're really just like, I'm done, it's been three years, and if he's been like that the whole time, and you don't want to be with someone like that, totally understandable. Um, You know, you have to take charge, you have to take your power back, and be like, okay, well, I I don't think he's a bad person. He, He might be a great husband or partner in the future, but, you know, if they're never going to change small things like that, they might not change anything ever and you need someone who's kind of willing to do that stuff but you should have a sit down talk with him I don't know if you already did this but be like look I am actually really serious about this like I want us to work and but I'm I feel like I'm your mom and I don't want to be with someone like that you're, I'm not saying that you're, you know, a bad person, a bad boyfriend, like you do so many other things for me. If he does, I don't know, you know, try to point out the things that he does do for you, but say, I don't want to be with someone that I'm going to have to mom their whole life. Like you are a grown man. I shouldn't have to ask you to do the dishes. I shouldn't have to ask you to clean up after yourself. It's not attractive to me. So, honestly, it'll help us both and make us both happier if you do this because you'll probably want to be more physical with him. And it's just not ever attractive to, like, have to take care of a man like that. It's just not, it's not the vibe. So, you can sit him down. You should sit him down and tell him, like, you're actually seriously, like, it's ruining the relationship in your eyes because he's doing... Because it's just making you get an ick for him. Again, icks can change. Like, people can change, you know? But if you have a sit-down conversation and you tell him all of these things, and he might get defensive. I don't know what his argument, like, style is, but he might get defensive or whatever. I'd be like, it's not a big deal. Then if he goes the whole, it's not a big deal route, then you kind of have your answer. Um... If he's like, okay, like I see what you're saying. I think just the way you approach it is the most important. Um, I think you should probably move apart for a bit, but I think that you should tell him why first, definitely. Like, so he's not confused or so that he understands why and maybe he can, when you have some time apart, 
he can kind of get situated again and kind of pick himself back up. Um, sometimes you just need to like be like, no, I'm not dealing with this. And then they're like, okay, shit, then you actually need to get my shits together. If he wants to get his shits together, great. If not, he's not going to, and he probably won't for you. And that sucks. But as far as if you do break up with him and all your stuff's there, hopefully he's nice enough where he'll just let you take it. I mean, that's pretty mean if he's not. Just invite some random guy once you break up. Just find a guy and uh, ask him to help you move your stuff from your ex-boyfriend's place into your place. So you can make your ex-boyfriend feel stupid because you moved on so fast. And you have someone to help you move your stuff. Just kidding. Don't do that. But that would be kind of funny. To circle back around, just have a sit-down conversation with him. Tell him everything. Tell him this is why I'm moving out. You know, like, it's not attractive to me. I don't want to be your mom. Like, a partnership in my eyes is, you know, looks like this. And then kind of map out what that looks like. And if it doesn't align and he wants a mom, great. Then you know that. You don't want to be a mom. Goodbye. But if he's like, okay, actually, I see where you're coming from. Like, yeah, I understand. Try to try to use analogies. Try to Try to get him to understand. Okay, hopefully he's willing to understand. If he's not, then... You know, that's not great, but I'm sorry. That sucks. That sounds stressful, and yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sending all my love, good vibes, prayers to you. Good luck with that boy. I don't have a game for today because I'm just too sad to play a game. <laughs> just kidding. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. I'm sorry if my, you know, my energy was low, but my love is hi and, and yeah I swear next week I'll be um, better it'll be better next week trust me I'll have a new mic I'll have a new setup well kind of a new setup um it won't be 11 o'clock at night when I'm recording and I'll have fun games hopefully I'll have a guest maybe maybe not actually not next week but week after I hopefully will have a guest I actually think this is the first time my camera has made it throughout the whole thing um Oh, really quick, please send in your Dear Abby submissions if you're listening to this. Please, please, please. Um, you can email, wait, you can email me, I guess. Um, my email's on my Instagram, I think, but I think it's dearabby4 at gmail.com. I don't have like a legit uh, email yet, but you can find you can find the number in the description below. I think it's 909819 or something something something. So please 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 call, leave a voicemail. Um start with dear Abby, all that shiz and hopefully you can be on next week's episode. But I don't have any more. I had only had a couple and I already did all of them, so I need more submissions. So please submit. Please 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 or I'm going to go bankrupt also please please share with your friends family followers um for everyone that has already shared my podcast thank you so much love you guys i'll bring the energy next week i'll bring the energy and the sarcasm and all the good stuff so so hit the like button hit the subscribe button hit the follow hit the I don't know. Also, now that I'm on podcast places, you can review. So it would be super helpful if you guys could go review my podcast. 
unless you don't like it, then don't review it and shove it. Okay. Hope everyone has a good rest of their Thursday. And yep, that's where I'm at today. Bye. Bye.